his holy name the Bible said the name of the Lord is a strong tower the righteous run into it and they're safe we need to know all the names of God he had the, he had the audacity to name himself El Shaddai the God that's more than you'll ever have need of I'm telling you we've got an adequate God he is available to us he's a very present help he that keeps you will not slumber nor sleep the, isn't that wonderful yeah, I, I'm telling you, God is absolutely awesome. Listen, he's perfect in all of his ways. I want you to know God's plans are mighty. And so we're, we're going to have a good time. You say, what are we going to talk about? Well, we're going to talk about the secrets of God, how to ascertain them, how to get them. And God hides a lot of things from people. Proverbs 25, 2. Proverbs 25, 2 says, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter. It's the honor of kings to search it out. Now, the deep, mystical, magical things of God are hidden, and you have to search them out. In a moment, I'll tell you where they're hidden, and uh, uh, that they're hidden in Christ. That says they lie hidden in Christ, and if you want to get revelation, you've got to get to know Jesus. That's where all the revelation is hidden and lies hidden. That's what the Bible says. But I was sitting there, uh, Pastor David, while you were talking and encouraging the people to stand up during this time. This is a time when uh, the body of Christ needs to unite and stand as one against the works of darkness. And I tell you what, the Lord said, we've come to an Esther moment. Remember, uh, I want to show you an Esther moment. If it hadn't been for little Esther, every Jew in the world would have been assassinated and killed on March the 13th. But there's a little Jewish girl named Esther that God has sovereignly been moving in her life and put her in the king's court. Isn't that amazing? And here's what happens. Uh, her her, her fa- stepfather, Mordecai. Now, I like, I like Mordecai. Now, the word Mordecai, it seems like, well, you know, he, he thought, you know, it seemed like it means little and insignificant, but that's not who Mordecai was. Very important. He says to Esther, God has put you in the kingdom for such a time, such an opportunity, such an occasion as this. Now, I'm telling you, and he says, if you don't stand up, and plead for the deliverance of, of the Jews. The deliverance will come from somewhere else. But it, it, your, your family won't make it. And here's what Esther said. You want a bold response? Esther says, I am going to do what God gave me life to do. Even if it kills me. Your Bible says, if I perish, I perish. Now I'm telling you guys. We have got to rally around this cry before heaven. Our nation is in trouble. Just like the Jewish nation was in trouble there because of a wicked king wanting to wipe them all out. Take them all out. Now, I'm telling you, you say, well, uh, you think that's going to try to happen in America? Absolutely. While we're sitting here, there's schemes, plans, and plots to eradicate the church. The born-again church. Now, I'm telling you, they don't mind you having a religious organization. You know, just as long as they control you. But that's not going to happen. We're going to be controlled by the Holy Ghost of God. 
We're going to be obedient to the word of God and the ways of God. We're not going to bend our knee and bow our, our heads to the, all of this stuff they're trying to po- poke down our throat. Uh, did, did you know uh, uh, there was a mayor of one of the largest cities in America? Guess what she said? She said, I am going to make it illegal to, for any pastor to stand and read Romans chapter 1. Wow. Isn't that amazing? I will have them arrested if they stand and read Romans chapter 1. She even went to this far length and said, all the pastors will need to submit to my office an outline of what they're going to preach. Listen, but she didn't make it up, but, you know, very long uh, as, as mayor of that mass big old city. I'm telling you guys, if we lay by dormant, and just be sitting on a pew and go, well, I hope things work out. Every freedom we know will vanish. So, uh, okay, go with me to Esther. Guess what Esther's name means? Esther's name means bright, shining star. Because she comes up in the darkest horizon of Israel's day. All the Israelites were going to be murdered, assassinated, taken out. And look, look, go, go with me, if you will, to Esther chapter 4. And there it talks about Mordecai. Mordecai is saying to uh, his foster da- daughter, Esther, you're in the kingdom, and you've got to stand up for what's right. And for, uh, the, I'm t- okay, let's just read this. Look at verse 14. For if you keep silent at this time. Now, just, this is God talking to you. This is God talking to you about your commitment to take a stand for righteousness and holiness in the United States of America. Look what it says. For if you keep silent in this time, relief and deliverance shall arise from, for the Jews from elsewhere, but you and your father's house will perish. And you know, and who knows, but that you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this, for this is the very occasion then Esther told them to give this answer to Mordecai. Look what, look, you go tell Mordecai, uh, I got this. That's basically what she says. Verse 6, go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan and have them fast for me and neither eat or drink for three days and three nights. And I also, my maidens and I will fast and do this. Then I will go to the king though it is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. I'm going to do what I'm called, commissioned to do, even if it kills me. See, she was married to Actuarius. Actuarius was the most wicked king that's ever lived, Actuarius. I dare you to look his name up in the Hebrew. Actuarius means poor and pitiful. Isn't that cool? He was the most powerful potentate in that time, and little Esther got into the kingdom there. And here, her, her foster father, Mordecai, says, uh, you've got to stand up and do what God put you here to do. And see, that actuarius had made a decree. If anybody comes into his king's, into his court, his palace covered nine acres. And he said, if anyone comes into my courts while I'm on my throne without an invitation, they're automatically to be killed. If you study the history of actuaries, they had big pillars 
holding up his uh, temple thing. And they had soldiers standing at guard 24-7 at these pillars. And they had the most awesome, wicked-looking swords. They had spears with swords, looks like, on the top. And here's what happens. That's, here's their mission. If somebody came in unannounced, they'd take that thing and go, and cut their head off, and spear their head and march out of the court. As far as little Esther knows, that's going to be her call. But she said, I'm going to do what God called me to do. And if you'll follow God, God will send his angels before you. He'll protect. It's amazing. It's amazing how. Study the book of Esther. God's power came. It's just amazing. You know, they were going to hang old Mordecai. And what happened? The guy that's going to hang Mordecai. It's, it, it's, it's just, it's intriguing. Steven Spielberg couldn't write something as intriguing as the book of Esther. I mean, there's drama. There's, there's all kind of stuff. They're on the couch and the guy tries. It's crazy, you know. But I'm telling you, little Esther. Ah, bright shining star. I, I want us to be Esther's. In this dark time in our nation, I want us to arise and shine. That's Isaiah 60. Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Deep, dense darkness will cover the nations, but the Lord's light will shine upon you. It's not a time to sit on the sideline and go, ah, I'm something. let's get involved. You say, well, I don't know what to do. Prayer. Now, you talk about getting caught up in the courts of heaven. Pastor David, I got caught up into the courts of heaven and the Lord is talking to me about the world events. And then he said this, look. And when he says, look, you can see for eternity. And I, I look down to earth and he does like this. And there's a little granny. I'm talking about a little bitty gray-haired, blue-haired granny. And she's in a chair. It's a, a rocking chair like this. And she's doing like that. And she's got the Bible open in her lap. And the Lord said, watch this. She closes the Bible, gets out of her chair, lays the Bible in the seat of her chair, and she gets on her knees. She's feeble. and takes her a moment to get down there. And she starts praying. And here's what Almighty God said to me. Bobby, do you see that little woman praying there? I said, yes, Lord. He said, I want you to know she has more power in her prayers than all the symbol armies of the earth put together. Amen. Now, you want to know if your prayers are heard in heaven? I, I, they're heard in heaven. He said, she has more power in her prayers than all the symbol armies of the earth put together. Well, no wonder the devil doesn't want you to pray. No wonder he wants to keep you mute Prayer is powerful. Prayer moves the very hand of God. And we're in a season we need to learn how to cry out before heaven. And I'm telling you, it's very important. And you remember the story of Esther, but let's talk about this thing. Let's talk about how to really be a force for God. Now, listen, without God, we're helpless. But with him, we can do anything. Let's, let's turn to Philippians 4.13 just for a moment. I, I, this is, it's such a, it, it's almost unbelievable. Philippians 4, uh, look what it says. Okay, Philippians 4.13, I have strength for all things. What? I have strength for all things. Instead of saying, well, you know, I don't think I know enough. I don't think I could get involved in all that kind of stuff, Pastor David, because, you know, all I am is just a born-again child of God. I'm a king. No, look, 
Here's what you need to look at. You ought to put this on your refrigerator or you guys put it on your shaving mirror in the mornings. Here it is. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiencies. Now, you start packing your heart full of that, I mean, you'll be as bold as a lion. The Bible says the righteous will be as bold as a lion. The wicked's running. Nobody's even chasing. That shows that our timidity is testimony to our carnality. Do you see that? The righteous are supposed to be bold as a lion. But if we're backslidden, meow, meow. No, I'm telling you, we better get, we better get our lives right. We're at war, aren't we? We're at war. Yes, I'm telling you what, and we have, we have got to raise up an army. An army to defend and contend for what the enemy's trying to take away. Uh, I'm telling you, we should read the book of Jude. Shouldn't take long, just one page. Remember Jude? Said, I was going to pick up my pen to write to you concerning the common salvation. Now, not common in, you know, but the rudimentary principles of, of salvation. That's what that means. I was going to write to you about the rudimentary principle, principles of salvation. But, in the Greek it says, I was possessed. I found it needful to write unto you that you would earnestly, earnestly contend for the faith. Look up earnestly contend. Fight to the last drop of blood. What? Earnestly contend for the faith. Why? Certain men have crept in unawares teaching. It doesn't matter what you believe. It does matter what you believe. You read the Bible. The Bible's in the last days that perilous times shall come. Last days, did it say prosperous times? Perilous times. One of the things you and I need understanding of is times and seasons. Ecclesiastes chapter one, verse, chapter 3 verse 1 says, There is a time and a season of purpose for every activity of God under heaven. A time a season, a purpose for every activity of God under heaven. God is uh, attempting to wake the warriors. Every time I get still before the Lord, for months now, the Lord has said, sound the alarm, awake the warriors. I'm telling you, the church is slumbering and sleeping. We've got to wake up. You say, well, I'm, I'm on up in years now. and I the, All the more to redeem the time. Make full use of every moment. Ephesians 5, 14 says that awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ shall make day dawn upon you. And it says walk with gold, aim, and true purpose. Don't meander around. You going to read that? Yes, Bobby, let's do it. Here we go. Turn, turn over there to, to uh, Romans, if you will. And let, let's, let's see what it has to say there. Romans is a pretty strong book, isn't it? Yes, Bobby. It really, really is. I got one in my Bible, if I can find it here. Uh, okay, listen. Uh, I love this one. It says, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Wow, that's pretty wild, isn't it? I, I want to know who I am so I can do what I'm called to do. And do, don't you want to call, walk in the light? I don't want a stumbling around in the dark just because we think, well, I, I'm not sure that I know enough. Put to use what you do know. Okay? One time I, I, the Lord said, I want you to sit down and watch something on TV. I said, okay. And what it was, it was a kind of a, a mini documentary of uh, new recruits going to boot camp. And it was the craziest thing. It showed the, the new recruits, uh, they would sign up 
to be inducted into the army and some of them were uh, like a hippie looking and all this and they signed up and they put them on a bus a greyhound bus and they shipped them to the military base and here's how they got off the you know they got off the bus some of them had some headphones on some of them had they getting off the bus and a drill sergeant a little drill sergeant came running running up there and go hey you jerk them headphones off walk like you're a a, a soldier and this guy goes you know and I thought, my, that's a, little, that's a little stout. And it got rough. Man, they would make them make their bed, and if the bed wasn't made right, he'd throw the bed in the floor and then make them make the bed again. And they were teaching responsibility and respect for authority. It was the wildest thing you've ever seen. Just to be quite honest, I, I, I'm watching this, and it was tough. And I, and I got to feeling sympathetic for the little soldiers. And the Lord said, you know what that drill sergeant's trying to do? I said, mm -hmm. well, not exactly. He said, he's trying to keep them alive when the battle starts. Yeah, if, he, if, you, if you hadn't learned to follow orders when the battle starts, and he hollers, hit the dirt, huh? <clears throat> You're going to hit the dirt one way or another. And I'm telling you, saints of God, we need to be training the people for war. That's what it says. He teaches my hands to war. Now, the best warfare is not bombs and bullets. We know that. It's prayer, fasting, seeking God. That's what Esther said. We're going to call a fast. I'm not going to eat. We're going to, and I'm going to go in before my husband. Isn't that crazy? Well, she, you remember she went in and he, he says, Honey, what do you want? I'll give you anything up to half of my kingdom. And she said, I want a banquet. Remember the story? It, it's pretty amazing. And they have a banquet. It's pretty wild. They invite old Haman. He's a, he's a henchpin and all of that. He's the, the one that all the darkness is coming through. And he's in there in the banquet hall. Ah, and they're sitting down there. And Esther's not eating. There's a beautiful banquet before. And she's sitting there. And there's Haman across there. And the king is in. And he says to his wife, Honey, is there anything wrong with the banquet? And he go, she goes, No. Uh, I, I'm just, I don't feel like eating him. Why, baby? Him? <laughs> That's what she said. Him? Why? What's wrong with him? And she said, well, he wants to kill me. And the king, the king just, man, he, he just gets up and he's, he's boiling full of anger and he stomps out on the balcony of the palace and he's thinking, he's saying something like this. What can I do with a rat like that? And somebody says, let's hang him. And the very scaffold that they built to hang Mordecai, oh, Haman gets hung on it. Amen. You reap what you sow. But here's the deal. Let's, let's get back to side two of this. When the king went out there, mad and, and frothing, trying to kill, figure out how, what he's going to do with old Haman, Haman realizes he's in deep mess, man. So he jumps across the banquet table and has a hold of Esther trying to beg her and has her by the shirt trying to beg her to plead for him. And the king walks in and goes, good God, he don't only want to kill her, he wants to molest her. That, that's, what, that's what the Bible says. Whoa, see, you sow wickedness, it can come back on you. And they hung, and the Jews got saved and got delivered because a little girl said, I realize the situation and the seriousness of my time. And the Bible says that knowing what a critical hour that is, it's high time for us to wake out of sleep, cast off the works of darkness. It's critical time, isn't it? 
This is not playtime, it's critical time. And I, I encourage you and implore you, let's, let's get busy about being who God says that we are. Let's read that about it being a critical time. You want to? Yes, Bobby, let's do that. And yeah, you said we was going to read something a while ago, but Romans 13, 11. Besides this, you know what a critical hour this is, how it is high time now for you to wake up out of your sleep, rouse to reality, for salvation, final deliverance is nearer to us now than when we believe, uh, adhere to, trusted in Christ, the Messiah. Look what it says in verse 12. The night is far gone. The day is almost here. Let us then drop, fling away from us the works and the deeds of darkness, and put on the full armor of God. It says... Let us live and conduct ourselves honorably and becomingly as in the open light of day, not in reveling and carousing and drunkenness, nor in morality and debauchery and sensuality and lasciviousness, not in quarreling and jealousy. Here's how we're supposed to act during these days, but put ye on, but clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, and make no provision for the indulgence in the flesh. Put a stop to thinking about all the evil cravings of your physical nature to be gratified its desires. It says, put on Christ. Start being more Christ-like. For me to live is Christ. Wow. Anyway, it's high time to rouse to reality. You believe the church needs a reality check? Yeah, yeah that's right. Years ago, can we just visit a moment? Yeah, sure. Years ago, uh, Rick Joyner said, I want you to fly with me somewhere. I said, okay. We got in a plane. We flew up there to uh, Colorado Springs. I'm just a tag along. And all of the big boys were there. The super church guys and Hybel and all of these guys were in, in this meeting. And here's what they were doing. They were planning strategy for birthing the super seeker friendly church. That, that, that's what they were there for, to create a secret church that would make disciples, but we only made church members and woefully failed the body of Christ. Guys, I'm telling you, we need to get to a place where they'll tell us the truth. You go to a doctor with a broke arm and he says your ear's all right, get you another doctor. Right. We can't survive misdiagnosis another day. We need somebody to tell us how to walk the straight and narrow and how to follow God. Yeah. Because one of these days we're going to have to stand before God and give an account of how we've led the people of God. Church leaders around the world, they ask me right now, they're asking questions to the prophets. They go, what is the most urgent issue in the body of Christ? Here it is, leadership. We have, as the priest, so the people. It, we have got to raise up leaders that have one goal, and that's to glorify the Lamb of God and spread the kingdom of God. And I'm telling you, leadership is so important. I, I, get, I get to preach all over the planet it seems like and some of the some of the most noble godly men and women and i am thrilled and then we've got some that uh they have a gift they have a charisma but they have no character i'm telling you don't eat from that trough i'm telling you guys you know what they told me once well it's the new norm i said to my wife i will never settle for the new norm there's no such thing as the new norm. It's old sin. Wow, we, and God will not have it.
And I'm telling you guys, we have got to really straighten up and realize how serious this is. But look, there's hope. If God hadn't seen what he was going to raise up, you wouldn't be in the, time, the kingdom for such a time as this. Do you see the importance of the hour? You say, well, Bobby, I didn't know it was that big of a conflict. It is. It is. If we stay silent, and at the trend that is going on now, soon they'll padlock the churches. In America, during the pandemic, they threatened to lock up pastors, threatened to fine them tens of thousands of dollars, and fine every person in the church tens of thousands of dollars. We are going to have to say, no, you do not have that authority. You don't have that authority. There's tyranny. Tyranny is at the word. And I'm telling you guys, America is the home of the brave and the land of the free. We're not going to fall as subservants to communist leaders. That's what's going on. That's what's going on. These guys are trying to rewrite our whole history. So what they've got to do before they can rewrite our history, they have to counsel out the culture. I'm telling you, the Bible said, if the ancient landmarks be destroyed, what are we going to do? In this, you know, they're tearing down things, and pretty soon they'll tear steeples off the churches. Wow. I'm telling you, we're not going to stand for it, are we? We're going to be bold and brave and be like little Esther. We're going to be bright, shining stars in dark times. Now, I preach this away everywhere. You, you know what one preacher said? Well, and he, he was probably being really honest. He said, you know, I, I want to invite Bobby, but I, I'm afraid he'll rock the boat. <laughs> so guess what I told him? I said, oh, no, I'm not going to rock the boat. I'm going to turn it over and see who wants back in. We're not going to try to be people pleasers. Paul said, if I attempt to please men, I will not please God that called me. I'm telling you, I told my wife a long time ago, I said, I am not playing the political game with them. Because I'm going to have to look at myself in the mirror in the morning, and I'm not going to hang my head in shame. And I'm telling you, uh, just be bold and brave, be full of the Spirit of God, and do what God tells you to do. You don't have to put up with that. We don't. We don't have to put up with it. I'm, there's a struggle, but what we got to do is realize whose we are, and then we'll know who we are. It says in the book of uh, Revelation, Revelations 1, 5, and 6, says, Unto him that loved us and washed, washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us to be kings and priests. The Bible said a king's word has authority. And that's who you are, Revelation 1, 5, and 6. You're a priest. It says a priest has the ability to solve conflicts. No wonder the devil doesn't want you to know who you are and step into the, the arena God has for you. Well, it's, you just let me know when it's time to quit. Carolyn, come here a minute. This is Carolyn. Amen. What does the grandkids call you? Mimi. Mimi. This is Mimi. I'm telling you, God is up to something, isn't he? Aren't you ex You're excited about that, aren't you? Here, here's what we're saying. We're seeing a lot of young champions arise. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're bold and brave, and they're not naive. 
They've been taught and trained and they're, they're looking at the champions in the Bible and they're emulating what they did. And I'm telling you, we got to do that. We got to raise these warriors. And they, they love, I'll tell you what they really love. They love somebody in authority. That they want to know, is this real? Do I really have authority? The Bible says, you, you can say to this mountain, get up and run over there and not doubt in your heart. You'll get whatever you ask. There's something missing in our expectation. Let's believe. What do you want to say to these people? Well, I just heard the scripture talking about the Lord wants us to come out and be separate. You know, and we need to be a, a city on, on a hill. And, and just with uh, Bob Jones have said it as well as you, that the Lord, you know, that he's looking for a people that there's not a mixture in. Yeah. And the culture that we all, even in the church, you know, there is... And the compromise uh, that's there, and but help us, Lord, to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the works of the Lord, and our labors won't be in vain. So we've come, hey, thus far, but hey, we want the best is still yet to come. And in in the later years of our life, we want to be standing on the front line and just being steadfast. Good. And that's, I want you to easy. give testimony to this story I'm going to tell. We're in a prophetic meeting, and they bring everybody that wants a prophetic word to, to the front. It's like in a big gymnasium-looking thing. And they bring them all in, in line, one line after another. And the prophets are supposed to go down and stand in front of a person and give them a prophetic word. Go down the line. Carolyn's coming with me. We get there. This is true. We get there, and there's a pastor, a man that's a pastor standing in front of me right there. And right there's a, a, a woman. And I look at the pastor, and out of my mouth comes these words, What are you doing with her? What are you doing with her? And here's what came out of the pastor's mouth. You ready? Yep. Well, the Lord told me and that if I would leave my wife and marry, she, this girl is our youth department's director. The Lord told us that if I'd leave my wife and marry her, it would make our ministry so much bigger. Did that happen? As a matter of fact, and this young woman had the biggest black eye you've about ever seen. What did I say? Yep. I said, I, I'll tell you how you got your black eye. You was thrown out of bed last night and hit your eye on the coffee table. That's what had happened. But can you imagine the audacity of a man to stand in front of a prophet wanting validation for immorality and, and crazy? Is that right? It's sad to say that was like 25 years ago yeah, in Morningstar. What, what was my last words to him? Don't lead this woman to her death. You, right. Bobby was screaming that out as they walked off. But, but the thing that shocked me was uh, people bring, would bring themselves yeah, before yes. a prophet expecting, well, God bless you. That sounds like a good strategy to me. The Bible said God hates divorce. That's what it says. And so anyway, but what I'm trying to say is we've we got to gut it up and tell the truth about the truth. It'll emancipate us. There's a whole bunch I want to talk about about secrets, but Daniel 2.22. Daniel 2.22 says, there is a God in heaven that reveals secrets. You say, I don't know if God's got secrets. Deuteronomy 29.29. 29. The secret things belong unto the Lord, but the things that are revealed belong unto us and our descendants from now on. So he's got secrets, hadn't he? How do we get them? 
They lie hidden in Christ, Colossians says. It says, it pleased the Father that the fullness of deity would dwell in Jesus Christ permanently. Wow, that's pretty wild, isn't it? And it says, all the hidden secret mystic uh, lie hidden in him. So if you're going to get into the secrets of God, you've got to get into Jesus. And he, isn't that something? Don't you want the secret things of God? Daniel 2.22, there is a God in heaven that reveals secrets. Wow, that's how Daniel operated with the wicked king. God would tell Daniel the secrets of the king's heart. Don't you like that? Remember, there was, that was happening in the Old Testament several times. One time the Lord would tell what the evil king's plot and plan was for war, and he would tell the armies of God about it. And the king said, we got a rat, we got a mole in our midst. They go, no, it's a prophet over there. He hears what you say in your bedchambers. Can I tell you that's the truth? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, well, Okay. All right, we prophesied about the desert storm war uh, six months before it happened. We prophesied the day and the hour it start. We prophesied about the terrorist attack that happened. Uh, see, God won't do anything on earth without first telling the prophets. And so that's what we've got to do. We've got to have a new appreciation for the prophets to hear the warnings from God. I'm telling you that God does not warn us if it's, if it's just a, a, not a reality. How are you doing? How are you doing? That's really good. I'm glad. How's she doing? She's doing well. That's good. I'm glad. Good. That is good. And we are blessed, Father. I am so glad. I love this, don't you? You know, it's just time to pass it on to others. No, it ain't time to pass it on. I'm telling you, the Lord said, I'm going, there's, I'm joining a yoke. I'm joining zeal, young people, and wisdom, old people. And it said it'll be a harvest yoke. It will not chafe any one of them. It'll be perfectly fit. And God is using the senior saints now to teach, the, to teach these younger, the millennials. I, I tell you what, I've went into a trance, a whole long story about God's plans for the millennials. Oh, it's crazy. And he's going to use the senior saints to teach the millennials, and the millennials will beat a path to the senior saints. Some of them will be in nursing homes and convalescence homes, and they'll sit at their feet and drink in the knowledge of God. So God's not near through with the senior saints. That's true, isn't it? Whew, okay, well, you say, well, Bobby, what do you think I need to do to uh, make sure I'm not wasting my time? Pray, ask God what He wants you to do, and then do what he tells you to do. You're not going to get plan two if you falter plan one. So, so find you a quiet place, Matthew 6, 6. Get out a piece of paper and a pencil. And ask God, give me the vision, give me the understanding of what you want to do. Habakkuk says, write that vision out so people can pick it up and run with it. See, God could give you strategy and a plan. And if you don't write it down, the devil will steal it. He'll get you confused about it. You know, what was that? Was I supposed to go to Denver or Dallas? Write the plan. Write down what God says to you. Because at night, he'll give you, he'll speak to you. You might have a dream. You might have this. Jot it down. I don't, personally, I don't know anybody that dreams like my wife. But she's, she, she's sincere. She writes her dreams. She search, searches out the, the revelation of the dream. And if, we're, if we handle these things carelessly, God's not going to give us real, real power if we handle it carelessly. Okay? 
So I want you to see yourself as a soldier. And I want you to understand you are in a battle. You say, what is a battle? It's the battle for souls of people. I'm telling you, it's battle. It's battle for the freedom of our nation. I'm, I'm telling you, and it's, it's somehow escalated so quick. You know, you know it, I mean, it, there's not a time that knowing what a critical hour this is. The day is almost here. That's what it says. We've got to redeem the time, make full use of every moment. And I want you to make a commitment to God. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to take a stand. I don't know how we can be shining lights and then get in a cankered culture and be mute. Just, you don't have to stand at the water fountain and hear them talking, F everything. Just stand up for just purity and just tell them, no. I have a, a, a friend that we've known for years and they have a counseling ministry. And he said they got in a leader, they got in a, 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 supposed to be a couple that was a leader in a ministry. And he said every other word was F, F, you know. Yeah. And he said, don't, we don't talk like that. And dismiss the meeting. Now you can't stand up here and holler, holler hallelujah, glory to God, and get out here and, and curse like a sailor. There can't be bitter and sweet water out of the same fountain. You under, have you seen the hypocrisy? I, I want us to really be bold and brave. Don't you think? What do you think? You think you're like Esther in a kingdom for such a time as this? Do you think that? See, God's not through with you. And I, I want you to get bold. I want you to get out your sword and oil it up. One thing the Bible says, if our axe is dull, we're going to have to swing harder. We need to iron sharpen iron. You say, well, man, I'm talking about the sword of the Spirit, taking the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That's the weapons of our, get the Word in you. I want us to become more lion-like. I'm tired of the body of Christ standing there going, meow. <laughs> We're supposed to be roaring like a lion. I'm telling you, okay. I have seen some warring angels, and I want to tell you, whew, they got this. <laughs> They're, they are, they're mighty. But we need to learn how to engage them. They're ministering spirits sent down to aid us who are the heirs of salvation. They're, they're, you have to learn how to engage them and how to activate them. They are our protectors. I wrote a book about angels. and I, I, In the back of the book I write everything I could find in the Bible that angels do for the believers. I write, I, I, write everything I can find in the Bible that angels do for Christ. I write everything I can find that angels do for those that are wicked. Ooh. Angels are pretty fierce. You believe that? Yeah. I want you to believe it. They got this. They've got this. We need to learn how to engage them. They're, all, they're mentioned 273 times in the Bible. Wow, every one of you that are saints have an angel that looks just like you. Yeah, some of them, I bet the angel are going, what did I do? <laughs> yeah, okay, I, I, I'm going to get up here and kind of talk to you now out of, out of one of the verses in the Bible that I think is important for us right now. And it, it's, it's that verse about 
esteeming Christ, the, one, the magnificent and the magnificence of Christ and the centricity of Christ. I'm in Colossians chapter 1. And look what it says in verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 26. The mysteries of which was hidden from the ages and generations from angels and men, but is now revealed to his body, to, that is now revealed to his holy people, the saints. Wow. Hid from all generations past, but now. Say, but now. I'm Colossians 1, 12. The mysteries of which was hidden from ages and generations, from angels and men, but is now revealed to his holy people, the saints. Whew. Isn't that, look, look who it's, verse 27 says, to whom God was pleased to make known the great, the great, how great for the Gentiles are his riches of glory of this mystery, which is Christ within among you, the hope of glory. And then look, look over here in verse 3, chapter 2, verse 3. In him, Christ Jesus, all the treasures of divine wisdom, comprehensive insights into the ways and the purposes of God, and all the riches of spiritual knowledge and enlightenment are stored up and lie hidden. Don't you know we need to get to know more about Jesus? Every one of God's hidden treasures is in him. Wow. That's what it says right there. That's pretty wild, isn't it? Say yes. Do you want to, it's pretty, pretty good. You say, well, how do I get it? Colossians 3, 12. Clothe yourselves, therefore, as God's own chosen ones, his own picked representatives who are purified and holy and well-beloved by God himself by putting on behavior marked by tenderheartedness, pity, mercy, kindness, and feeling, and feeling of lowliness and humility and, and gentleness. He said, put on Christ. There's a verse in the Bible that's always been mysterious and wonderful for me. It's when Gideon... And God says, Gideon, you're a mighty man of valor. Gideon, no, 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 you're, you're wrong. It says that God clothed Gideon with God. Now, isn't that God clothed Gideon with himself, with God? And, and Gideon had a poor opinion of himself. God had just met with Gideon and said, Strategy for you, young man, is to deliver your whole people from the war they're in. Fine, you must be mistaken. I'm not the mighty man of valor. I'm from the tribe of Manasseh. Manasseh is the smallest tribe in all of Israel. And besides that, I'm the weakest one in my father's family. Almighty God has just said to him, Hello there, you victorious warrior. Poor perception of who we are will stagnate us. You understand that? We've got to realize we are who God says we are. Little old Gideon, bless his heart. And there's some of the craziest battle plans. Here's what, here's what the Lord said to Gideon. Gideon, the enemy's camped down there. They're fierce and oh, just they want to wipe out the people of God. And God says to Gideon, hey, Gideon, I want, to get, I want you to get your partner there. Uh, it's perennial, and it means uh, all, uh, ornament. That's what his name means. Have you ever noticed how God will put us around some people to make us look good? That's, that's what he was. He said, get your buddy, and his buddy's name means ornament. He said, get your buddy, and I want you to sneak down to the enemy's camp. What? There's the enemy, and so here you go with him there, sneaking down to the enemy's camp. And here's Gideon. He's already scared spitless. And there's his buddy, 
ornament. And they see two of the enemies sitting at the enemy's camp and the fire's burning. And they're dialoguing and talking, the two enemies. And one of them says, hey, buddy. Yeah, man. I had a vision. What was it? He said, ah, here's what happened. He said, it's a crazy vision. He says, I saw a big loaf of bread. And it started rolling off the mountain and just rolled and rolled and rolled and rolled over all of our tents. Smushed everybody. And the, the partner says, that ain't nothing but the sword of the Lord and Gideon. Where in the world did he get that interpretation? <laughs> a rolling loaf of bread. Crush. And there's Gideon and oh, his buddy down there. And these, the enemy knew more about what was going to happen than Gideon. This is nothing else but the sword of the Lord and Gideon. Don't you know something must have leapt in their heart to hear the enemy understanding that they're already defeated? And I'm telling you, read the book. Christ spoiled principalities and powers and made an open show of them, triumphing over them in the cross. I mean, listen, they don't have to be a campfire. We know we're victors. Let's quit acting like victims. And let's start being victorious. Your Bible says no weapon formed against you will prosper. Well, that's right. No means no, don't it? That's right. Wow. There is an opportunity right now in this room to get what you ask for. I'm serious. The, there is an anointing in this room right now to get what you ask for. So I want you just to, for a moment, I want you to let your request be made known unto God. We have not because we ask not. You say, well, I got a, a, a runaway kid. Now, call him in right now. Call him back to the Father's house. Well, I need a job. They're laying me off. God says he'll provide that job for you. There's a, an anointing in here right now to get what we're asking. Father, I am asking for the body of Christ to arise and take their stand as mighty warriors. I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, release an anointing for evangelism. You would have the whole world to be saved. Come to the knowledge of Christ. Lord, we thank you. We thank you. You say, God, I need a breakthrough. Whatever you need a breakthrough for, the breaker is here. I'm telling you. That's right. I can see what he's doing. I see him driving away a spirit of insanity. If you keep just looking at all the drama and chaos, you'll lose your mind. You focus on the Lord. Isaiah 26, 3, Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon thee. So you can have insanity or peace. It depends on your focus. Put your eyes upon Jesus. Turn your face upon him. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this earth will grow what? Strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. But we want the secrets of God, don't we? Good. So believe that you're going to get what you receive. Job 22, 28 says, make up your mind what you want. Tell God what that is, and he'll get it for you. Job twenty-two twenty-eight. Here's what the scripture says. You shall decide a thing. Let's make up your mind. Then you decree what you've decided, and the Lord will establish it, and the light of his favor will shine upon your pathway. Wow.
That's pretty wild, isn't it? God loves to answer your prayers. He's a prayer-answering God. The disciples never once said, teach us to preach. Never once said, teach us to, to do miracles. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. I've had people say, well, I can't pray. They could cut your tongue out and sew your lips together and you could still pray. Prayer comes from the heart. It's not verbalizing certain phrases. You know that, don't you? Aren't you glad the Holy Ghost, if you could just, if, if God is only in you, just groan, the Holy Ghost can take that groan and translate it to what it really is. That's what it says in the Bible. Now, I, don't, I, I want to tell you this. I think we're in the most crucial time in human history. I believe that with all my heart. I believe you and I are in the most crucial time in human history. And here's what I said to God. God, why, how did you let us live in the most crucial time in human history? I've read the book of Hebrews, all those halls of faith guys. And look who he's let live, us. I said to him, what are you thinking? And here's what he said to me. Here's what he said. And I'll say it exactly like he replied to me. Yep. I finally found me a people weak enough to work in. Not weak in morals, not weak in ethics, not weak in character, weak in our own ability. He said, I have found me a generation that's embraced John 15, 5. Without him, we can do nothing. But they've stepped into Philippians 4, 13. I can do all things through Christ who empowers me. Wow. That's why we're here. He could have chosen anybody. But we've realized without him, nothing. In him, through him, by him, we're unstoppable. Romans 8, 37 said, yet amid all these things, we're super victorious. Hooper Nike is the Greek word. It means more than conquerors. They couldn't get a word big enough, so he just wrote Hooper Nike. Super overcomer. The next time the devil goes, who do you think you are? You throw your head up and your shoulders back and you say, I am a child of the king and I am a super victorious conqueror. If you know who you are, you can put him on the run. Yeah. I was in a church, I went to a church once and I'm out in the foyer on the way in and a witch comes running up to me in the foyer of a church and says, I am the woman that puts curses on pastors, and they're dead in a day. I said, lady, you open your mouth again, you'll not get out of this foyer alive. The man that was with me said, thank God, she jumped on you. Yeah. <laughs> now, these are not idle words. God said, I don't even suffer a witch to live. I hope the witches around here are listening. I do not even suffer a witch to live. That's what the Bible says. So listen, uh, let them chant their little chants, shake their frog legs, jump their chicken bones. No weapon formed against us prospers. Uh, yep. Well, you said, no, listen, I just want you, you can be bold and brave and still be courteous. Yeah. You know? 
I've had people say things to me. I would go, only an idiot would believe that. You know? There's some people that they look at the Bible and they just don't even see what it says. Let me tell you about the Bible. It says what it means and means what it says. Yeah, so you can get into it and you can get into deeper levels of it. And we need to do that. We need to dig deep into the treasures of God. Remember, the secret things belong to the Lord. And God hides things from us. See, if we went out there in that park, parking lot and every pebble was a diamond, guess what? Diamonds would be worthless, wouldn't they? You have to dig deep for diamonds. Isn't, isn't that amazing? Well, I've had fun. Don't go to church and not have fun. You say, now, Bobby, you know, I, 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 I don't want to confront anything. Coward? That, that's what it is. Just, just, you get full of the Holy Ghost, there'll be a boldness. Remember Acts 1.8? Peter, a little old girl, six, a little, it says damsel, which means 12 to 18, a little damsel after the crucifixion of Christ says, you're one of his disciples. What does Pete say? No, I don't even know him. And then what happens after Acts chapter 1? Good Lord, one of the most fiery messages preached in the Bible is preached by Peter. You men by wicked hands have taken Christ. Wow. What turned him from a coward to a crusader? Acts 1.8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Wow. See, the Holy Ghost is ageless. Same power that was in Jesus is in you. If the Spirit that raised up Christ Jesus from the dead dwells not in you, you're none of His. I don't know where we get this Holy Ghost is optional. <laughs> He's absolutely essential. Okay, okay. That's right. Okie dokie. You'll be preaching before long. That'll be good. Yes. That little granddaughter here was seeing angels. They brought her in and she was seeing angels. They can see them a lot quicker than us. They can. Children can see into the spirit realm quicker than us because we got all this grid. Well, you know, no, they just childlike. Except you become as a little child, you can't see or enter the kingdom. We're going to have to digress to advance. Well, I'm doctor so and so. Who gives a rip about that? Except you become as a little child, you can't see or enter the kingdom. We're going to have to drop all of this other stuff and say, oh, Lord, I don't know how to come out or go in without you. And just be teachable. Ooh. Man, Lord, we just pray right now for the persecuted church in China. I ask you, Lord God of heaven, send out angels of protection. I pray you'll cause angels to surround those saints of God and protect them. I bind away all the plots and plans to separate and divide and kill. Lord, I'm asking you that not a single one of these saints 
would be sacrificed. I'm asking you, send forth the holy angels there for China. And those believers, surround them with protection. We ask for this now in Jesus' name. One of the things you and I have got to understand, distance means nothing with God. You can be on one side of the earth and on the whole end of the other earth. You can change plans and plots. Lord, I thank you. Wow. That some of the most faithful saints are Chinese right now. They face being executed. They face being exiled. And they won't disclaim Christ. Wow. We need that kind of tenacity, don't we? Yeah. You say, I oh, know. Our life is not in danger. Yes. 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 But guess what? Greater is he that's what? I want, to, I want to release a scripture into every one of us. Psalms 27, verse 1. The Lord is the light and salvation. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my foe, come up to eat of my flesh, they stumble and fall. Though a whole army should encamp around about me, I will not fear. I'm telling you, you better get Psalms 27 in you. Can I tell you how I got Psalms 27 in me and then I'm through? Uh, two blue lights appeared in front of my face. They were tubular lights about like that. Tubular lights and they were about this big around. And they're right there in front of my face just like that. And they start, Jewish music started. You've heard what I call Jewish music sounds. And this, these two blue beams started swirling in a mystical looking dance like this this is how this is all true and then they stopped swirling and they elongated again and they came through my eyes just like that went through my head and out the back of my head right there and when they came through my mind they engraft into my mind psalms 27 and he said you tell the body of christ if they're going to survive what's coming It'll be through Psalms 27. Wow. Wow. Bob Jones says, you know why they came out here? I said, no. He said, where does the Jewish people wear their yarmulke? Here. And that's where the sensatory things are. So if I, if I was you and wanted to survive what was coming, pack your heart full of Psalms 27. All right? In that verse it says, when you said, seek my face, I cried out, yes, God, your face I'm going to seek. Wow, he's wooing us. He says, it says in Song of Solomon, draw me and I will run after you. Wow, okay, I had fun. I'll be at the book table if you need us. Shannon and Nancy Schreier, these are our wonderful friends from Ogden. He came down to film the school for us and do the school. They, they pastor God's place and we love you guys. They are some of the most generous people I've ever met and uh, they're absolutely wonderful. They just got through with the Utah and uh, with uh, Apostle Malinado and he, Shannon, them are the ones that kind of engineered that whole thing. Shook up, shook up the place. I was there and they said, Prophet Bobby, pray in tongues. So I went, I was praying in tongues. And then I interpreted what I was, uh, and you, they got it on film. I said, God is sending his holy angels in the mighty wind. And it went, whoof, in there. You could feel it. And they took a, a picture. Pastor Shannon has it on his phone. When I said that, you can see a tunnel of wind coming out of the air. Isn't that crazy? I like that, don't you? 
Well, God bless you. They got to go catch a plane. We, we love you guys. Tell old Caleb I said hi and the rest of the kids. Oh, we've known them forever. Well, anything you want to say, you're welcome to say it. He said, I'm okay. He said, I got to get out of here, Bobby. The plane's ready. Well, listen, I want you to realize greater is in you, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. It doesn't matter how formidable the enemy looks inside of you. You're a, you're a champion of champions. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the, is in the world. Luke 10, 19, behold, observe, focus on this. I give you power to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. That verse literally, literally says, I give you authority to stop the devil's ability. That's what you have, Luke 10, 19. Good. If, if any of you should have a sleep disorder, I break that off of you right now in the name of Jesus. I, I break it off of you. You will lay down and your sleep will be sweet. You'll wake up and you'll be rejuvenated and ready for the day. That, that'll be good. You don't need a pill to go to bed. Let's get out of here. You want to? Lord Jesus, I want to thank you that you said the steps of a righteous person is directed at, by the Lord. You will put us, as you put Esther, you will put us right in the most advantageous place to be used by you. That's what we're, we're saying. We're following the Lord and we're going to end up right at the right place at the right time for the right purpose. Thank you, Lord.